I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to Birth Barf. Barf. On this week's episode of Birth Barf, we'll be talking about injuries, uh, how, to, how to come back from an injury, uh, the impact on our psyche, and... Uh, just the overall shittiness Just the of overall injuries. shittiness. <laughs> how and they it, make us cry, lay on the floor and die, mm-hmm. how roll they make around. Us sad, how they make us feel happy when we come back from them, whatever. Just, you know, general despondence. And maybe a little bit of just uh, pain in general from running. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's part of it, Yeah, we can talk about too. that, too. About um, the, the general malaise that sometimes... Yeah. And for those of you listening saying, well, this never impacts me, I don't have any pain while running, you, sir or ma'am, can go are to not hell. a runner. You can go to hell. <laughs> you can go straight to hell. So I think part of the problem for me in the past has been able to uh, recognize an injury because for me, I would say I am definitely you. Yeah. I will run through a bitch load, yeah. like a veritable bitch ton of pain. Yeah. I, I will just tell myself that will be gone in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just occurred to me, we should do like a grocery list of like current ales, just like oh, a yeah, short a like idea. reference point. So yeah. currently I have, it's like, what are your Pokemon cards? <laughs> <laughs> What's in your hand? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a stress reaction. Go fish. Um, <laughs> so I currently have a stress reaction, which essentially is the same thing as a stress fracture right in the middle of my femur on my leg um, that I'm on the end of it. Kung Fu kicked. Yes. As if someone had just kicked me in the leg. Um, I have a ongoing uh, case of plantar fascitis. Also known in our community as a PF Chang. Yes. Um, And maybe just general wonkiness because I'm a little crooked. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have one leg that's longer than the other? Uh, No, I just have like a shoulder drop on one side and like that can You have an Igor. Yes. Yeah. I have. Yes. Uh Master. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you have a hump. (laughs) Those of you who don't know what I look like, I hope you uh, (laughs) feel very welcome for that mental image. (laughs) It's just a small hump. For me, <laughs> uh, I have some of the classics too. I've got a nice plantar fasciitis in the right foot, good, as good. always. I've got a little PF in the left. I always have a post tib pain, which is a, the ghost of a fractured post tib past. Mm-hmm. I always have what I've been calling a torn soleus, but. I don't even know that I know where that is. Most of the time I rely... You have a shit stain of a calf. <laughs> Most of the time I rely on Annie's husband to tell me where my parts are and and how, why they feel the way they do. Um, and then I, of course, have just the most most wretched piriformis syndrome in the yeah. world. I mean, I can't sit for more than an hour without sweating. You know, it's sad. Like, you say that as an injury. I, I don't think if you asked me to list your injuries, and we know one another's injuries really well, I don't think I would list that because I'm like, you know, Lauren has yeah. blonde hair yeah. and piriformis but, but pain. pain. <laughs> like, that's, that's part of your structure. Yeah. Like, yeah. And actually, to speak to that point, uh, when Jen Shelton was coaching me, she said something that really made me laugh, and it also kind of hit home. She had asked me about my injuries, where I mentioned plantar fasciitis, and she said, but it looks like you've been running through it. And I said, yeah, I have. And she said, how long? I said, about a year and six months. She said, then it's not a running injury. If it doesn't stop you from running, and it's not debilitating, and a doctor says you can run, well, mm-hmm. a running doctor says yes. you can run, then it's not a running injury. Yeah. So I guess my piriformis is not an injury so much it is like... Condition? Just, 
It's my condition. <laughs> my complications have some complications. Yeah, it'll just... I, I have come to terms with the fact that the muscles in my butt were built around my yeah. ass bones so <laughs> tightly, and there's nothing that I can do to slacken them. I've, hey, Let I've, those tight-ass jokes run rampant. <laughs> I have done the butt flossing or whatever. Nerve, nerve flossing. flossing. Nerve flossing. I, sometimes I wear butt floss while I nerve floss. Now you have a beautiful picture of both mm. of us. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> that's. We'll talk about therapies, but uh, that is a legitimate therapy that has been recommended to both of us, I yeah. think, where you straighten the leg and tuck the chin yeah. alternately, uh, elongating and uh, te- freeing up and the nerve, freeing essentially. Freeing up the nerve so, from the tension I mean, of the it's muscle. Qu- it's kind of literally, so if you imagine like a nerve moving back and forth through its pathway, the idea is to free it up, make it move better. Um, and we should also say, neither one of us are doctors. Don't take this as yes, medical no. advice. No, this no, is no. just our personal experience. Um, and you may very well listen to this and be like, well, now that I know exactly what not to do ever. <laughs> <laughs> so if we can be that uh, that story for you, that yeah. that should be helpful too. But, but um, you know, YouTube nerve flossing, if you have some of yeah. those chronic like stabbing pains, yeah. especially down the hamstring chain. Yeah, and it's like that burny, I mean, nerve stuff is like that burny radiating Ugh. stuff Ugh. that... It, and it kind of makes Electric. you... Yeah, it kind of makes the pit of your stomach a little queasy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so uh, learning to distinguish that sort of little whisper of an injury and, and knowing when it really is something that can stop you from running or that should stop you from running. Yeah. Um, in the past, I think we've both have uh, either what we call mystery or just completely f- made-up injuries. Yeah. <laughs> it, for better or worse, I, I have this problem sometimes where if I'm in a 100-miler or even a shorter distance, <laughs> I will just be dead convinced that I have broken bones or influenza or, you know, bird flu. I, yeah. I just, I, when I, when we ran Not Your Mamas two years ago, I was dead set on the fact that I had broken bones in my left foot. Yes. And I told Annie this at mile 30, I said, you don't have to respond to what I'm about to say. I just have to say it out loud to someone so I can feel better. My foot's broken. And she said, Okay. And then we continued to run for 70 more miles. Turns out, Turns her out. foot was not broken. Nor was it injured in any way. <laughs> or swollen, even. <laughs> Sometimes your body sends you these signals as if to say, yeah. for the love of God, yeah. stop running. Yeah. And, and that central governor thing of like yeah. your brain trying to protect you, that shit is real. And to me, that's a big part of like training for an ultra is kind of like... Ignoring me- your central yes. governor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait we have lots what's wrong of with this sport a- as a hobby? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, so it does things like tells you that you have in- insane pains or like or insane injuries. You have no energy left that or, you're depleted. Or it says you have to go to the bathroom and you don't. So mm. you can sit and take a break. Well. <laughs> Unless you're Lauren, and in, in that you, case, you have to poop. I just have to poop. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry for opening that up to you. But so I would say that in in this sort of the the injury timeline, this next step uh, is what we call the tipping point. Well, and I think even so, the tipping point I think differs between what you when you have a niggle, mm-hmm. which for those of you unfamiliar, the term niggle means like. Those little ouchies mm-hmm. and not necessarily the big injury, uh, the mm-hmm. big injuries you might experience mm-hmm. because uh, as you go along, you learn to differ between the two. And I think 
what we'll be talking about for the rest of this episode is really those real injuries. Sure. Because for the niggles, they just go away on their own. And then like, the mystery injuries. What was your mystery injury? Oh, yeah. So mystery injury. So I ran the uh, Burning River 100 two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And I, at like mile 80, I felt a pop in my foot. You were actually pacing me. Yeah, I was with Yeah. Um, I felt a pop in my foot and it just... It, like, hurt really bad, and I had to, like, limp on just, like, one foot. I mean, I was almost hopping on one foot for a time. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I think the swelling just cushioned it enough that oh, I was fine. Nice. Thanks, I, blood. Yeah. <laughs> so I ran the rest of it's that like race and finished. like fashion 80 sneakers that yeah, you just yeah, pump yeah. up I with just, your thumb. You pump it up with, with blood, blood, and it's fine. Delicious. Um, so I finished the race, and... I was on, I just kind of, um, my husband Andy is a physical therapist assistant, also not a doctor, but uh, mm-hmm. he advised me to just be on crutches for a couple of days to keep weight off of it. I iced it. It went away in a week. Guys. And it looked, it insane. looked insane. Like it, it didn't look like a foot. No. It was not recognizable no. as a human no, foot. No, it looked like half of a football like on the side of my foot. It and it was like, like a crazy colors. Ball. It was it was insane. And it really I mean, obviously it was a real injury, but it went away so fast and didn't impact my running at all after that that it was kind of hard to believe because it looked insane. Small shout out to a possible group that you'd like to join on Facebook, we have a leg gallery where we show our grotesque running injuries. Yes. And if you have interest in that, please comment yeah. in the podcast reviews and we will add you to it so that you can see that grotesque foot and many lost yes. toenails. Scratches of all kind, toenail, Briars. toenail connection, collections out to wazoo. I yep. mean, Some heart separated desire. calves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the only criteria being that it must be from running. So back mm. to back to moving to the tipping point. Sure. So, uh, I would say there's a point where I will put off the tipping point because <laughs> I, I feel the pain. I know it's there. I know you it's, want it to go away. I want it to go away, but I know it's here to stay. And then I, depending on if I have health insurance or not at the moment, <laughs> that's when I start to take action. And luckily for, for me now, I have finally established doctors at Ohio State mm-hmm. where I feel comfortable you know, calling them. I have like a team of all different and that's kinds a, of professionals. I mean, that's a hard spot to get to. Like, it is. To, when it took you a long first time. have an injury, so one, there's the whole lead up to, okay, this finally has gotten to the point where it either hurts so bad or it's been going on for so long mm-hmm. that you just kind of can't deal with it mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and the first time that you experience something like that, it's really hard to get in to see a doctor and like oh yeah when you start to think about like okay I'm finally ready to take action on this and then they're like okay you have an appointment in three weeks or yeah. two and a half weeks it it can be a really hard motivation to keep up to take care of yourself yeah to not keep running exactly yeah um, and when you don't know who to go to and especially as a, a runner like there's gonna be a lot of physicians that don't understand. What Man, you're going through anyway. I feel like we need a website dedicated solely to the idea that we will tell you who your junkies are on the yeah. inside. <laughs> I know your man. He yeah. will not make you stop running. Like, I, I went, when I went to Ohio State, I basically got in early because I said that I thought I had a broken bone or kind of, some kind of stress for fracture. Which, for which thing? For the post-tib. Okay. Um, and I got in to see a doctor really quickly, and they did x-rays of my hip and my ankles, and they saw, the stre- they saw a stress reaction mm-hmm. in my ankle, but they saw... And then they saw some, uh, the impingement syndrome and my... Uh, bones are clicking together. Yeah, my bones were clicking <laughs> together. My my ball didn't fit in my socket, which is apparently really common. 
Um, but going just a little birth defect is fine. <laughs> <laughs> My pieces don't fit together. Um, the old humpback and the wonky hip girl. <laughs> uh, but it was it was good because at least a, a starting off point was good for me because then I could they could send me to other specialists. They sent me to physical therapy. They sent me to a dry needling practitioner. So I had all these these channels that began from one doctor, but I had to start with the right doctor, which was a guy who was working with student athletes. Yeah. So he understood that like nothing in the world was going to stop me. Right. Uh, and unlike your current injury, I wore the boot during the day and ran <laughs> at night because I'm a total idiot. <laughs> She's a bad patient. I'm well, a very no. Well, I shouldn't say you're I a bad patient. Physical therapy. You did everything that because I remember it because I know that phase well of like, you know. When you get back from the doctor, you're like, I'm pretty sure they told me to do five hours yes. worth of activities. And you just go, I'm like a pretty dedicated person that's training. How do you, quote unquote, normal people get get, get it up for an hour of therapy on their own every day? They're not. They're not doing it. Yeah. Fucking s- no one is doing yeah. it. Yeah. And so that can be like, that to me is mind boggling. So is. you are So you're a good patient in that regards because I remember you doing like clamshells. So that's like when you like oh, yeah. have a band or potentially without weight and you're laying on a si- on your side you have your heels together and your legs at a 90 degree angle and you're just kind of like opening your knees um uh if you've seen the uh hip machine hip weight or like machine the jane the, fonda yes like, knee squeezy guy master from the, thing yes, yes exactly um so i remember you doing doing clamshells to freedom Forever. <laughs> just, i mean and Forever. doing doing uh like fire hydrants and all mm-hmm. this other stuff and like oh, i mean it, i miss yeah. those but and not like, at all <laughs> the, oh man so another another <sighs> thing that is a unspoken bonus about getting physical therapy exercises are the illustrations oh you my might God. not even remember oh, this no, i do because i was just gonna bring it yeah. up there's a picture of just a bear ass <laughs> and the, there's figure a is a loose bear ass and figure b is it is the pinched is cheeks it? of a bear ass pt just like draw arrows Drew, like, more like, arrows is like in squeeze, squeeze the butt. Just, just the like butt squeeze goes your up. butt. The butt like, goes up. And I think in. I sent a picture of that to Brendan or somebody because I yeah. was like, do you, have you ever had to do this to yeah. come back from an injury? I'm sitting in my debt. I mean, like, some people work on their Kegels. I am strictly <laughs> squeezing my butt cheeks together. Just making that tight piriformis that much oh, tighter. Yeah. yeah, just strengthening. Yeah, when, that, when I went to have my... Like my shit assessed at the PT, and she was like, "Okay, now do a single leg squat." And I was like, oh, "No, <laughs> that's not a thing that I can run. Do, right? no. I can't stand on one leg. Who can stand on one leg?" She was like, "Oh, your um, your what is it? Medial your glute meds? Yes, your glute med is like not firing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know how you can run literally hundreds of miles and just parts of your body don't do anything. Yeah. But apparently that's no. super common. No, you're like, apparently employing some of the larger muscle yeah. groups and those little guys are just like dead asleep whilst you run for 30 hours. <laughs> if my chiropractors to be believed, I actually run using my shoulders. He's <laughs> <laughs> super effective. Yeah. So, uh... I run gonna... with, only with my feet. Yes. <laughs> no other thing. No, that's it. Big toes only. Big um, so we got a little head as far as like seeking help, but so, mm-hmm. you know, finding the right doctor that understands your lifestyle and isn't, you know, you know, to, because to finally figure out that you want to take care of an injury and also get a lecture from a doctor that mm. running as much as you do mm. for an ultra is unhe- unhealthy, 
no thank you piss off no thank you i never got any of that i was yeah. really lucky yeah me too i just got guys who were like hey uh when's the race okay here's what we can do yeah sounds good like yeah. they never they knew that the end game was always getting to the race yeah and they never said what if we don't right they exactly just, they just acted as if yeah and so uh the physician i have is dr bright in columbus who actually is the main doctor for the local marathon and training program so people in other states i think this is pretty common especially for like fleet feet franchises where they have a beginner marathon program or i shouldn't even say beginner it's people who it's have done levels, yeah. marathons forever and he He's like the main physician on mm-hmm. point for that. So obviously he has a lot of experience with all kinds of all runners. Kinds of um, body and just, types you know, and injuries. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember the first time I saw him was actually for um, some lower back pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... So I've been seeing the him for like four years. Wow. Yeah. And it was really like reassuring because the pain was so intense on the one side of my lower back, which again is because I'm just a little crooked. Uh, he, I told him like I was training for my first hundred miler. Obviously this was like a really important time for me, but the, the pain had gotten pretty, um, pretty intense. And I remember him saying it was either him or the PT, um, saying, Oh well, it's gonna hurt, but you're running a hundred miler, so it's gonna hurt well, anyway. Every, so you're gonna have it. other stuff that Spend hurts worse. And yeah, I, you know, even just having like the reassurance that like I wasn't gonna paralyze myself yeah. by running through it was really reassuring. I need to hear that. I need yes. to hear someone say, "Okay, well, your legs won't break off, yes. and it's not like you're never gonna run yeah. again." Right. But I mean, when when it came to those things, they did kind of bargain with me, uh, like my my medical team, which makes me feel like a pro athlete. Right. They were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna get you through it." If we need to give you a shot of cortisone, we're going to give you a shot. Yeah. If we need to, we did a lot of dry needling. They're like, For the uninitiated, dry needling is acupuncture on the steroids. Western, it's, it's Western acupuncture. Yeah, but they're bigger needles. They are much you longer You have to give yourself needles. credit for... They are, and the reason... And the, manner in which they put them in and the places in which they put them in are more for activating muscle than they are for sending nerve signals. Yeah. So when they put a needle in, they go directly to the site of the pain inside the deep into it's the muscle. It's actually just a knitting needle. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> they put it all the way like deep into the muscle and then they sw- they swirl the needle around <laughs> until the muscle starts Activates. to activate. Yeah. And then you howl like a puppy and a bunch of teenage girls recovering from basketball injuries all turn to see if you're okay. Um, but like I said, they, they bargained with me to say, okay, so we're going to do all these band-aids, but when you come back, you, you have to really take six weeks it. off. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of, I think what I did. I don't know. It's a funny little story. story I did that race and then I came back and I believe I, yeah, I slept six for six weeks off. Six months. Six months. Yeah. Yeah, you took six months months off. Months. (laughs) (laughs) So, getting to know your doctors is important, and trusting your doctors, and getting and making sure that they're doctors who understand your goals, and knowing that you know, for you, running is everything. And yeah, and coordination of care. This is such Mm. like a, I mean, I mean, these are not unique problems for just runners, but Mm -hmm. you know, when you start to have because you'll find like I I know distinctly that you've said dry needling is like pretty much the only thing that has significantly relieved your piriformis. And it's only for forty eight hours, y'all. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, It's temporary. But 
you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, well, massage works for this thing, acupuncture mm-hmm. works for this thing, mm-hmm. physical therapy works for this thing. So before you know it, after like running ultras, at least for us, maybe we're doing it very wrong, but yeah. whatever. Um, you end up just playing having... a game of whack a mole <laughs> yes. on all of our yeah. injuries, only literally just whacking our body <laughs> with a whack a mole stick. Um, but you end up having like four or five people that mm-hmm. you rotate between. I mean, you've seen at least that many people. And I at have, least. I mean, I have my, I'll say my primary running physician, mm-hmm. my PT. I have a massage therapist that also does acupuncture. I have a chiropractor that also does uh, ART. Oh, shit, I totally forgot about my chiropractors. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's four people. And I know I've seen like auxiliary people in there. So I think coordination of care and making sure that you're telling one practitioner what you're doing with another. Oh, another person I'm forgetting is a gait coach. So, oh yeah. And yeah. I've, done, I've gone through the gate too. Yeah. So, gate analysis. So is when important. I had Joe Wuhan, um, uh, which you may have seen featured in Ultra Runner magazine. Uh, <laughs> I was doing exercises to help strengthen my gait to help prevent some of these injuries. Yeah. So he was like, hold this china plate in your left hand. Yeah. Bring the right hip up. Yep. Swirl a ribbon dancer ribbon <laughs> in your blinking, right hand. Blink uh, your left eye. Fast. And now drag your left leg. And then broaden your nostrils. Yeah, that's right. Broaden <laughs> the left side of your left nostril, just like in yoga. Yeah. So I think coordination of care while seeking help um, is is vital. Don't get overwhelmed. I feel like it's a lot. It's, it's kind of a process that's always kind of going on. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're always finding, because sometimes you find a better practitioner where you're like, this person's massage therapy technique is a lot better. Or physical therapist. Get I'm a physical my... therapist who's a total dick. Yes. Which is what happened to me. Yeah. You get a chiropractor who's a weirdo, God, you know, like. Such a bummer. Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, just kind of thinking it of it as like, I don't know, part of your running career that you establish who mm-hmm. your your team is. Yeah, no. I mean, it'll make you feel like a pro and it will eventually make you run like a pro. Yeah. So, uh, when we talk about uh, getting that diagnosis, we also want to talk about getting your, you know, the, what's the prognosis. Yeah. Because uh, that's a good point. So, because who cares about what your diagnosis is? Like, if you told me, oh, well, you have a bro, all your bones are broken, but you but can you run next weeks. week. Yeah. yeah you'd you'd be like, okay. Great. I don't but care. The diagnosis that's doesn't fine. matter to me. So the yeah. prognosis is actually the part that maybe has, has an emotional impact on your life. Uh, where someone says to you, like they did for you, you have eight to ten weeks before you can do any physical activity yeah. or weight-bearing of any yeah. kind. They told Annie she couldn't walk or hike or bike yeah. or anything yeah. for ten weeks. I asked if I could aqua jog, so running in the pool, and he said no. Holy when you can't, shit. When you can't jog in the pool, you're in, like, dire straits, man. Yeah. Like, that to me, I think, was the first thing that made me think, like, oh, shit, I'm, like, real fucked up. Like, yeah. and... uh. And when I asked him, like, what's the biggest mistakes for recovery, he said not babying it enough at the mm. beginning. So, like, for the first two weeks, like, I really, because apparently where the stress fracture is or stress reaction, it's in a place that uh, has a lot of potential for reoccurrence. Oh. Um, Seems odd because it's such a big bone. I think... I think it's because, like, you think about it, you can't, like, immobilize it without being, like, in a wheelchair or crutches. Like, you can't strap a boot mm. on. Like, when you have feet stuff going on, you can I put see. a boot on. Yeah, there are hinges at both ends right. of it. And, so like, it's always I being can't, moved. Yeah, I can't wrap it. I can't, mm-hmm. like, whatever. So, um, 
yeah, figuring out, like, hearing that I couldn't jog in the pool. <laughs> like, I was like, uh, what about, like, swimming? And it was arms only, arms only swimming. Again, <sighs> rough. dire straits. Like, rough. Um, uh, so having eight to ten weeks of that, you know, it was it was pretty daunting to think of at first. And, like, you know, I... <laughs> For better or worse, I think that having the significant pain that I had in my leg, so I probably, ha- and when all was said and done, by the time I got the diagnosis, I think I'd been running on it five or six weeks, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really lucky in there to have some really great running experiences. Experiences. I went out to Colorado with my husband Andy and our daughter Arbor and did a 100K called Never Summer in Colorado. I summited my first 14er. Mm-hmm. All, came ba- all with a fucking broken all bone. With a, oh, God. Leg, and then came back and ran uh, Pitchell. Pitchell, which I know we've already referenced a couple times. We'll have to do a whole separate thing on that. Um, like the following weekend, which is another mountainous 100K. And... I had times where I couldn't run a mile in between those runs and while we were out in, the, in Colorado, but I also got through those 200Ks without at least consciously Pushing. knowing, like, I wasn't, like, pushing through the pain. I just wasn't experiencing it. Apparently, I, Annie gets terrible race face without I, knowing it. I have no idea. She just puts on the mask of nothingness and trudges through the woods for 27 hours. I feel like Will Ferrell in old school where I'm like, what happened? I just blacked out. <laughs> like, I just executed the perfect race that I could for the fitness that I had. I and I don't there. remember any of it. Um, so, you know, I think it's... That to me is really interesting, that phenomenon of, you know, how, like, honestly, my back pain from the first time I saw my doctor, way more intense than the pain that I had Seriously? in my leg, for real. I'm shocked by I that. I remember laying down in the woods on a training run because my back hurts so Oof. bad. So, but at the same time, like, you know, an injury that I had to be laid up for eight to ten weeks periodically hurt quite bad, but it wasn't constant. And it was more of a, like, granted, I got to a point where I couldn't run a quarter mile without feeling like I wanted to scream cry in my neighborhood. But again, it wasn't constant. So anyways, I think having the significant pain level when I did finally get the diagnosis that I had a stress reaction kind of helped ease me into being off of activity yes, for you eight believed to ten it. weeks. It yeah, made, and because I was sense. like, this hurts so bad. Like, you know, it's one thing for to be told that you have something wrong that you don't have a, a reminder of all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even experienced that towards the end of my recovery where I was like, why am I still not able oh, to do yes. anything? Like because the it feels stuff. fine. Yeah. Like, you know, you almost want it to hurt to be like, yeah, I'm fixing it. Sure. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been as uh, serious about resting as you have been in this yeah. last injury chunk that you've just had. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been that disciplined, with the exception of maybe this previous winter when I just did, like, six weeks of biking and yeah. swimming. Yeah. And that was for the post-tib pain. Yeah. I was still recovering from, oh, my God, that's a long injury. I, <laughs> I feel like at the sum of this episode, we're going to be like, oh, God, like, we've had a lot of stuff that's been going Never on for a gone long away. time that we haven't, yeah. like, fixed. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the logistics of getting what your recovery time is going to be for an injury. Mm-hmm. I think the next thing that you mentioned is, like, the emotional part because mm-hmm. it you know, physical stuff aside, like, yeah, you stress out about potentially losing fitness, but like for me anyways, the timing has been 
I mean, honestly, as well as you could schedule it. Like, if I mm-hmm. wanted to schedule two months to be down, sure. it would be right now. Sure. Um, but that doesn't account for how it actually feels because uh, we're told not to identify ourselves exclusively as runners. Because it's too dangerous to be so one-dimensional. Yeah. But it's hard when that's what you do and think about every day. And it's yeah. also who you're friends with. It's what you talk about with it's friends. It's your whole, this, the whole, all the, the whole spheres thing. of yeah. your life are encompassed by it. Uh, I actually found a really great article by Lauren Fleshman about fighting injury with gratitude. Um, and she she talked about something that just hit me so close to the heart. Um, because people often write off the suffering of a runner because it's a, a suffering that you choose. As my dad calls it, it's uh, the luxury of the pain that you picked. Um, and so that people don't tend to have as much sympathy for you because they think, oh, well, you're, you're essentially hitting yourself in the head with a hammer. So right. I don't really care about, you know, you being injured. You know, you don't have cancer. You don't have like a, you know, terminal illness. But Lauren Fleshman says that, but, you know, a true runner lives to run. And that bum knee or stress fracture means that you're not fully living. Yeah. And that that really went straight to my heart because I can remember so many times when, I mean, years ago when I was just training for 10Ks and like half marathons, I got an IT injury that was strictly debilitating. I was making it, you know, quarter to a half mile. And then I was just on my knees in a ditch. Just, I couldn't get back on the road. I could barely stand up. And it was funny because walking didn't feel like anything. It was just specifically the running motion. And that is at the time when I had met uh, Chris and Mm -hmm. he was at the time a cyclist. And I don't think that I knew that was going to be my next thing, but I do remember laying on the, on the floor of the, of Chris's basement apartment face down sobbing and just being like, I don't, I have nothing else. Like I don't, this was almost a decade ago. Now I I hope that I have other things to fall back on. But that first time, that first big injury hit me. I I had been running seven days a week. I I didn't know. It can be really scary. Yeah. It was so scary. It ripped my identity from me. I, I, I felt like I, if I didn't have these concrete achievable goals, then I didn't have that sort of currency that I was like, yeah. Uh, giving myself like yeah. set goal achieve uh-huh. set goal achieve and like then I just I got that. hungry like the Pac-Man I needed yeah. it constantly and when I when that pattern was stopped for me I was despondent yeah so now I feel like I have some of uh, the tools that I need and, and just resilience too. yeah yeah I hope and and ability to see the long the long picture which is you know for a lot of ultra runners are ultra runners for an entire lifetime. Right. Um, if you do it right and you treat right. your body right. So if I can look at the long view, I can see, you know, this is obviously not the end of the world for me and my friends will be, be my friends in the morning. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially honing it, cause I feel like a lot of ultra runners are new ultra runners, like just, just in general. And I think when you're first trying to establish like ultra running training is like a habit of yours it already seems kind of tenuous already where you're just kind of like, I'm not like, how can I think about like getting up and doing this training every day? That's, that's the current challenge. So Mm -hmm. when an injury comes on top of that, Mm. it, it makes it feel like I'm not going to be able to keep this this as a habit. Like, yes, Yes. this, it was hard already before I had to add this other element of a challenge, at least to Mm. me. Like, that's a really good point that I never thought of. I, I feel like I want to tell people reach out. I mean, the communities are so vibrant, you know, 
reach out to Trail and Ultra online. Reach yeah. out to your local trail group. Reach out to anybody who runs and just say, hey, I was just getting started, but now I have an injury. Yeah. Try to remain in your community. Go, yeah. go to events that people are having. Uh, volunteer at yeah, races. Vol- this Stay is a great touch. time for volunteering. Stay in touch yeah. with people. Um, and I think that's another component of like the emotional piece. Like Laura and I get together for coffee at least once a week yeah. to... Um, download. Yeah, to just talk about like what we have training wise coming up, races that just happened, races that are coming up, you know, and I'm really grateful for that because even when I haven't been running over these last two months, I've still gotten to like feel like a runner mm-hmm. because I still get to hear about everybody's stuff and, um, you know, get You're to share like my insights. Yes, you know, um, but that, I mean, that's tough because I know a lot of people that get together exclusively over running Mm -hmm. and when you don't have that reason to get together it's really easy to be like gosh it's been a month and I haven't seen my friends Mm -hmm. you know and it's nothing against the people who are still able to run that I mean those people are your friends because it's really easy to spend Uh time together while running let's talk about that a little bit so I feel like this is uh an emotional challenge for the less mature of us. <laughs> Me? No, about- <laughs> no, I'm talking about myself. Uh, I would say that I, I tend to sometimes just get pitiful. And I'm like, mm. well, everyone mm-hmm. else gets to have fun. I'm broken. I suck. Something that I've done must yeah. be making m- my body not work right. So yeah. it's obviously my fault. Yeah. Other people get, they deserve to be fast runners. They deserve yeah. to not be injured. This is caca. Caca yeah. fui. People... <laughs> Everybody gets injured. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Bef- unless your friends are superhuman. Yeah. And it, it's really, it's kind of a good thing to be injured because you will build empathy for others. Yeah. Uh, and when, you, you know, you just realize that you're not Superman, it it's it's really made me see the runner's life in a different perspective because now I feel like I have that empathy. I I can, you know, tell people that there's, you know, there's a light at the end of this tunnel, but I also stop being jealous. Yeah. Which is a major turning point in my career where I just don't, I, you don't wish for other people's bodies or their mechanics. I also just don't want them to be hurt. Right. Where in the beginning where I was like, this fucking sucks. If I'm going to hurt, everyone should hurt. And now if I'm hurt, I'm just like, okay, well, my turn. My turn. Yeah. Um, that, that's something really interesting to think about, too. Uh, just that jealousy component. And to me, I think, too, of running as, like, an all-or-none thing. That's something that's challenging to me where I'm either, like, balls Potato out. Chips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either balls out or, to to quote my coach, Ryan Gelfie, all balls in. <laughs> Is that a direction for how uh, to run? A, yeah, run so a after coming afternoon? out of this injury, uh, I said, you know, I have this 20-day recovery plan to get me back to my normal training schedule after, because I just, you know, I got released to activity for my stress reaction last Monday. This is a big fucking deal. Um, so I got to walk for 10 minutes as the first couple steps of my program. So spicy. But anyways, you know, my plan is to kind of go through this three-week kind of, I'll say recovery plan or, you know, release to the wild plan. <laughs> and then after that, I want to try and train for a turkey trot just to have like a small thing. And, you know, when you don't race for a while, like you miss it. And so I was talking with my coach about effort. I was like, technically at the end of this three weeks, I'm allowed to go back to training like normal, which to me is insane. Like I'm going to be much more conservative than that. I said, so I know I can't go all balls out. And Gelfie said, <laughs> He goes, no, definitely all balls in. And I was like, 
all balls in. Make sure you train with all balls in. So oh, I, love that man I totally so lost much. my train of thought though before no. I got to that. So the recovery. Gilfie derailed Gilfie. you. Gilfie. Nope. You got nothing. Before that. Nope. We're gonna I'm gonna have to come no. back. I'm gonna interrupt rudely in one and a half minutes. That's fine. Do it. Time <laughs> it. Uh, I was gonna talk about uh healing and patience. Um and also just we, I will. I'll have you talk about the upsides. Cause oh I, shit! I, I remembered. Oh, all or none. There you go. One the, <laughs> I don't even think I made it to a minute and a half. The all or none thing. So for me, like, despite the fact that I've been doing ultras for three, four, four years. Yeah, four years in like March. Um, I it's still. I'm either all in or I'm all out. So when the Wankies, injury happened, Netflix, <laughs> chocolate. Yes, exactly. Or, 100 mile weeks. Yes. So I turned it off when I found out about my stress reaction. Turned it off. And did not do, even though there was a handful of activities I still could do, I didn't do anything for eight weeks. Because as you do not know, Anne Lang is secretly a lazy person. I am a super fucking lazy person. It's so hard for me to fathom that. It's insane. I know. But when I turn it off, it's completely off. And so one of the things that I've kind of been struggling with is turning that back on. But turning it on slowly. Yes, because it's hard to feel like all or none. Yeah, like that's yeah. what it that's what it feels like. Um, where I can't do in between. And again, thinking of it as like kind of like it's not all or none. Like sometimes you're you're injured a little, sometimes you're injured a lot, sometimes I mean your training volume ebbs and flows. It's just you're not gonna feel perfect all the time and just because you don't feel perfect doesn't mean that you're dog shit (laughs) (laughs) a lovely sentiment from annie lang so healing and patience healing and patience i I got none none (laughs) i have no patience and moving on from patience (laughs) we're too impatient for to talk about patience (laughs) moving right along through the outline no we can talk about maybe the the positive aspects of of not running for a small amount of time yeah there's a silver lining to everything Sorry, I fucking hate positivity. I Here just, it comes. A rainbow in your fucking face. I just want to sit and wallow sometimes, and sometimes I don't want to hear that anything yes, is good. Yes, you can wallow, but at the end you have to say, but at but the end I, I'm grateful. But I learned. I'm grateful for pumpkin spice lattes. Yes, and, and tiny dogs. <laughs> and guacamole. Exactly. <laughs> so, silver linings, though, of injury time, at least for me, this go-round, and I feel like... Each injury sesh is different. Some injuries make you, like, my plantar fasciitis makes me fucking mad. So I've Mm -hmm. taken eight weeks off to make a bone heal itself, Mm -hmm. and I still have fucking PF symptoms. I almost think you should put it in a different category because it's such a mystery to so many doctors. They don't know specifically how to treat it. They want to maybe aerate it like a lawn. Right. Don't let them do that. I've yeah. heard very bad things about that yeah. procedure. So I would lean against no on that one. Yeah. But like, I, you know, having gone through, um, I want to say three months, three months of doing all the hips. So for me, it's hip weakness that makes my hips kind of drop, which contributes to the PF stuff. But having gone through like religiously for three months of gate coaching and rehab exercises and stretches and taping and to still fucking have shit. Wait, we were in the Silver Linings playbook. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me redirect you to the fucking yes, rainbows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the rainbows. So Jesus. each injury is different. PF is a pile of dog shit. Yeah. 
PF does not count on the list of things that could be wrong with you because it's just, it's too mysterious. It just sucks. Okay, good point. Stress reaction. The, she's saying that the positive aspect is that she learned how to be a more efficient and better uh, runner uh, with a gait mm-hmm. that is, uh, with, with better form. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> with better form, sure. more efficiency, and that you are setting yourself up for success in the future by running maybe the way that your body should be running. Hopefully. And all this I can't just, believe you're giving me all this just, All this just came from, because it's, uh, this is what I'm saying, though. PF stuff makes me angry. No. However, I took the eight weeks for my stress reaction, and that, that felt different. Like it actually worked. Yeah, so I was really worried that I was going to be stir-crazy. Um, I forget who told me this. Oh, I actually think it was my mom. She said, I'm surprised you're not feeling more lost without the trail. I thought that was really poetic. Um, and... I because I was kind of surprised that I didn't feel crazy. The hunger. Yeah, like the need to just like put on running shoes and go into the woods. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't yearning to run on the pavement. Fuck that. But yeah. uh, just, and I didn't experience that nearly as much as I thought I did, which to me, I mean, a lot of stress reactions and stress fractures come from overuse injuries. So maybe it was your body and your mind saying, great, take a time out. Exactly. And that's what it felt like. I felt like I needed a recovery time. And one of my first thoughts when I was told I had to take eight weeks off was, I get to take a break. Remember I told you that? Yeah, I was so shocked. I I said, you know, in the secrecy of me and you, Tell me how you actually feel about this. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I can't relate to that probably because of attention deficit disorder. But <laughs> uh, for me, I would say that the silver linings have been that I have, you know, uh, refound some old passions like writing, yeah. like poetry, like, uh, you know, connecting with some old friends, finding time to go drink a lot of booze. Even on a physical level, I think for you, like, with cycling having, having been such mm-hmm. a passion before, mm-hmm. I know that's something you don't have as much time for. And I'm, I've seen you, like, in times of injury, reconnect with people that you yeah, cycle with. It's it is fun. Cool. It is fun to do that. Yeah, so the, those are the silver linings for me is sort of finding that dynamic, like, you know, the dynamic things about your personality that aren't just runner. Yeah. And for me, too, another silver lining is uh, getting to spend more time on maybe, like, social things that you don't get to. So Mm -hmm. in addition to what Lauren said, my daughter had her fifth birthday during this time period, and I was like, it was really great to be completely present. I Nothing against squeezing training in because I'm a master of that. I've gotten up at 3 o'clock in the morning before to get in a track workout before Mm -hmm. I had to get on a plane for work. That... It was really great to not have to juggle as much and just be there the whole time. My dad got married, remarried oh, during yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting to crew. I mean, I feel like within our group, everybody had like a big race during this time, like between Cloud Splitter, you know, mm-hmm. Andy having bigs coming up and mm-hmm. still kind of being available for that, the Barkley Fall Classic, you mm-hmm. know, and Super I got fun. to be all hands on deck and just do that support role that I've gotten from so many people in the past. Yeah, and so, for me, I also get to see my husband sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of, is also cool. Husband? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, I am lucky that my husband has an all-encompassing hobby in the same way that I do. So uh, neither one of us really puts the guilt on one another. I mean, Scotty's touring and playing live music constantly, and it takes up just about the same amount of hours as ultra running, which is just astonishing. Yeah. Uh, And something else. So 
you know, Lauren Fleshman kind of spoke to Lauren during her, like, injury time. For me, mm-hmm. it was an article from Amelia Boone, who, um, for those of you who don't know, Amelia Boone is a queen obstacle course racer who's won, like, Tough Mudder World Championships and Spart- Spartan races. Like, she's, like, super high performer. She also, last time I knew anyway, she could have changed since then. She's a lawyer for Apple. Like, so just, like, a really... Wait, is she one of the ninjas? Uh, no. no, she's not one of the ninjas. So she specifically is obstacle course racing. Mm. And she actually was in the process of transitioning to ultras. To, she was going to do Western Ooh. States before she got her stress fracture. Oh. So oh, just God. a really a super duper high performer. And as you guys know, I'm sure there's people that you know like that do ultras. Th- there's definitely some connection between being like a scientist, like a high performing doctor, some kind of crazy high stress job, and at being a runner at the same time. That's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. I think it's crazy. No but, one knows how John Kelly yeah. raises his children. Uh, isn't an, isn't he an engineer? No, he's a like a statistician. A statistician. statistician. Yeah, yeah. It's Trains it's crazy, Iron man. Uh, so just giving an indication of like Amelia's kind of like mindset and her expectations of herself, and you know the drive that she has. And she wrote an article called "The Injury Commandments." If I can figure out how, I'll put a link to it in the podcast notes or mm. the episode notes. Um, I. It was really helpful to me to read her insight because what she had happen was she had a leg fracture and because she was cross training so hard with her one leg, she gave herself a uh, stress fracture in her Ooh, I'm pointing at my crotch, which is inappropriate. But, <laughs> I was uh, she confused. had oh a sacral stress fracture, which oh, is dear. which is yes. the big bone that connects your hips to your tailbone and your spine, like super vital. That's kind of a, an amazing injury to yeah. So <laughs> I read, I got a link to her article literally in the middle of me writing a list of other activities I could do while I was like, like I was listing every weightlifting move that I could do. Obstacle running. Yes. And she, I read her article and she was talking about doing the assault bike with one leg and she was like, do uh, not do this. And I so, do know and about this person. If you don't know uh, what a assault bike is, it's like those old school like wind bikes where the arm pumps and there's like a big fan in the front instead of a front wheel. So she was doing the assault bike with one leg when she had her leg stress fracture because she and was purposefully just. purposefully punching yourself yes. in the face with the hand yep. things. And so also could, it, yep, and it, also talked about like experience some more pain. doing laps in the pool until she was like crying because she just you want to keep up that same level of intensity. And so it yeah, was great hard. to kind of read her perspective of her saying like, "Don't do this. <laughs> like, take the time to rest." You know, when I look at other elites who are successful at coming back from injuries, they take the full month off. That takes wow. a lot of restraint. Wow. Um, and she also talked about, and I this was really eye-opening to me, and otherwise I would have taken a different turn because I was thinking, so silver linings where initially one of my thoughts for silver linings was like, oh, I'll take this opportunity to maybe get closer to racing weight or to like potentially right, change that. you can't do both at once. You can't train right. and lose weight right. at and, once. And so Amelia was talking about this is not the time to lose weight because really? you need to have like nutrients Fat in your body for you to be able to, to, to be able heal. To heal. Yeah. And you need to not be trying to restrict yourself. During a compromised, uh, yes. if your body's compromised. Exactly. Which it is when you're losing exactly. weight. Exactly. And so that was a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my brain Oof, around because that's, that's, that's so cruel. You know, and especially as, you know, we've talked about being like, 
a podcast by women, you know, we would be remiss to not mention like the fear of like gaining weight and, oh, you know, how that, the, how running impacts like your body image. So like just feeling that you have this tenuous yeah. grasp on the body that you have now. Exactly. And if you fuck it up, you're going to lose it and wake up exactly. fat tomorrow. I mean, exactly. that's a scary feeling. Exactly. So, uh, this blog post was just really spoke to me as far as like, okay, like be patient. This is not the time to try and like mm. lose twenty pounds. Yes. This is not the time to like. This is not the time to try and cross or train over, your tel- by yourself being a power death. lifter. Exactly, um, and just you know, starting up super super slow. One of her like headings is start up slow. No, even slower than that. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, like how they say when you start at a hundred, start slow and then slow down. Yes. You know, I think the same thing goes for recovery. But that's um, good advice. So yeah, just you know, I would recommend that article to anybody who experiences an injury of any kind that uh, requires substantial healing time because, you know, from a silver linings perspective, just just recognizing the time for what it will be and what it won't be. It will be more time back in your pocket. It won't be the time that you find a way to magically increase your fitness level without running. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unless you do, then do it. <laughs> I, 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 I still continue to find that to be a hard pill to swallow, but I, I do think it's good advice. Um, I think now is a good time to talk about concrete, what tools are in the toolbox. Yeah. Um, so for me... I would say that those tools are remaining in your running community in any way that you can. If those, if that's your foundation, if those are the pillars of, of the things that make you happy in your life, don't give up on those people. They didn't give up on you. Yeah. They don't see you as, as a l- less than who you were yesterday because you can't run. They yeah. still value your friendship and your time. So Although you will feel like that. You will feel like you're you less than. You may feel that You're fear. not. Yeah. You are not. We are here to tell you you are worthwhile and people still love you no matter if you can run or not. Mm-hmm. They don't love you because you run. They love you because they ha- you happen to be there while they're running. Yes. Um, and then for me also just to try to cultivate other uh, other joys um, in your life. Remember things that you used to love to do. Uh, if you used to love to cook, uh, f- use this as a moment to relearn you know, those skills, maybe, maybe this is a good time to learn how to cook healthy. And now yeah. you've put a tool in your toolbox for when you return mm-hmm. to running. Now you've got all these great recipes that you've been working on and you, you know, this is a new skill that you can bring back to the table when you're, uh, you know, working out as an athlete again. Yeah. For me, uh, definitely those two things. And in addition to that, recognizing that each injury is different and each person is different. Mm-hmm. So, while it may take somebody a couple, I've talked to people who have PF for a month mm-hmm. and then it's gone. Uh, I've talked to people again, Amelia Boone having a stress fracture and then mm-hmm. having another stress fracture. Like she's an elite athlete. Like shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like your recovery may not go as planned. Be patient. Give yourself the time. Uh, go with the flow. Yeah, as best you can. And also, I would say, uh, you know, no one to fold them. If you know when it's time, your body will be telling you. Yeah. Just know that it's time to hang up your hat and find the professionals that you need and get to work on getting better. Yeah. Oh, and maybe don't make the decision about your injury being real or not during a race. (laughs) (laughs) No, because there are just too many times when I have absolutely necessitated a, well, thought in my mind that I needed a hospital during a race yeah. and I when I didn't. If you're having a shitty time walking to your kitchen, that's when you decide if an injury is real that or not. That seems like a more reasonable time. If you're telling yourself your foot's broken during a race, 
maybe assess at a later date. God, I, I can come up with so many problems during a race. I have hypothermia. I, I mean, just basically anything in the whole world. Yeah. So... I think uh, that's the majority of our All right. episode today. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. And if you are injured now, stay strong. Good things are ahead for you. Stay yeah. stay tight with your dudes. Your dudes will provide you the comfort and support and love that you need. And I'm on the other side. I'm waiting for you. 